0: spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Mm -hmm. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Do Grief Differently, my 12-week in-person or online program, That helps grievers who have suffered any type of loss to feel better. In Do Grief Differently, you learn new tools, education, and a method you can utilize the rest of your life. In this program, and with my guidance, you remove the pain of grief. The sadness will always be there because even in complicated relationships, we love. But it's the pain of grief that keeps us stuck. Are you ready to do grief differently? Check out my website www.theunleashedheart.com to learn more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you are listening to this. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Victoria V., and this is episode 180 of Grieving Voices, and I decided to do something different for an episode and read an excerpt from my book, The Guided Heart, Moving Through Grief and Finding Spiritual Solace, which I self-published in 2017. And I just picked up the book off of my shelf and flipped it open to its part two, chapter one. And uh, I started reading. And to be truth be told, I have not read my book since I've self-published it. Uh, so it's been quite a few years. But in reading this chapter, I realized that there were a lot of things I, I share in it that actually is the language of grief recovery. <laughs> and so before I even discovered grief recovery, uh, this book was written, and it's like I had this this knowing about grief. I mean, I grew up with it, right? Like, I I grew up with grief from a very young age. and, And just in reading about my experience of my different grief experiences, I just could pinpoint this language that we use in grief recovery. And I just, I find that interesting because for someone who felt like they were doing okay or that they felt like they didn't need help, um, which was me, very much so for many years. Um, I still had this understanding of it. And yet, so I I think back now in hindsight, it's like, why couldn't I figure, why couldn't I figure out that it wasn't me that was messed up? Like it wasn't my fault that I felt messed up or that something was wrong with me. It was, it was grief. And yeah, and the grace that um, I sent to myself back then, just reading this. Anyway, You'll get what I'm saying when I read this, but um, I would also encourage you to read the Grief Recovery Handbook, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, Um, and then you'll really understand what it is I'm talking about here in drawing the connection between what I will have learned two years after publishing this book, and yet that language is still in this book. And so I knew grief and understood grief better than I thought I did. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Anyway, I digress. Let me get on with this week's episode and reading an excerpt from my book, which is not on Audible, but perhaps maybe I should just sit down and record reading my book. And so that it is. Anyway, uh, Let's get started. And I'm mistaken. It's actually part one. We all have a story. Chapter one. What is your grief story? Life is not a matter of holding good cards, but of playing a poor hand well. That's a quote by Robert Louis Stevenson. She doesn't understand anyway. I heard someone say, talking about me as if I wasn't even there. March 31st, 1987 is the anniversary of my father's death. On July 30th of that year, he would have turned 45 years old. He spent the last two years of his life, after having been given only six months to live, fighting a battle he knew he wouldn't win. The doctors said there was nothing they could do. The cancer had spread to surrounding tissues and organs. Colon cancer took my father away, and my mother became a widow at 43 years old, being left to raise two children still living at home, myself, age 8, and my brother, 14 at the time. I'm not sure any woman in her position, or any woman who has been in her position, would know what to do, how to do it, or how to navigate raising grieving children while grieving themselves. It was impossible for me to understand then the profound effect my father's death would have on me. By the time I was 10 years old, I would begin to grasp exactly that. Two years after the death of my father, my mother remarried. The new man in her life was a long haul trucker and was home typically every other weekend. Theirs was a tumultuous relationship. There were many disputes during their nine year marriage, and it ultimately ended in divorce. I learned during that time, and from the time of my father's death, that my mother was emotionally incapable of being there for both my brother and myself. I grew up quickly, as did my brother. I wasn't, wasn't a child who lashed out or got into mischief. Rather, I was the wallflower, the introvert, the shy girl in the corner who spoke up when spoken to. And honestly, to this day, I'm not quite sure how I managed my grief as a young girl, particularly in elementary school, other than stuffing it all down. My mother did not know what to do for my brother or myself. There was no grief counseling, and for reasons still unclear to this day, my father's family ceased to exist in my life following the funeral. So from a young age, my family was my immediate family, as well as some family on my mother's side, quite small in comparison to what I would later marry into in adulthood. Learning to cope. It wasn't until journaling was a requirement for English class in high school that I started to express my feelings. I wrote poetry, started journaling for myself, in addition to journaling for class, and for the first time I began to feel some of what I stuffed down for so many years. During this period in my life, there were several occasions where I lashed out at my mother, often out of frustration that had built up within me over the years. I don't know if my mother knew how to be there for me. She couldn't emotionally care for herself. I detached myself as much as I could. Being a teenager is hard enough, but being a female teenager of an emotionally trapped mother is even harder. Therefore, we never developed a mother-daughter bond that it would have loved to have shared with her. I think she realized the daughter who had taken emotional care of her all those years was eventually leaving, too. My childhood is where my grief story began. However, it's certainly not where it ended. There would be several more lessons to follow in my life. I believe there are different faces grief presents during our lives. And often, it presents itself in ways you least expect. The Faces of Grief On some level, I still grieve for the normal childhood I could have had had my father's untimely death not happened. But in reality, I'll never know what that other life would have been. So it's not the not knowing, not getting the chance, that I would come to deal with years later as well. I grieve for all the moments in my life my dad was never a part of, protecting me as fathers do, walking me down the aisle, seeing and knowing his grandchildren, and likewise my children knowing their grandfather. These are the things I still grieve for. Grief, in my opinion, never leaves. It is not something to get over. It is something to sit with, work through, and live with, just in a different way as the years go on. At some point in life, all of us experience grief, whether it be losing someone we love, a divorce, a devastating financial loss, loss of career, even infertility, all cause some form of emotional pain. How we cope with it can mean months or even years, maybe even decades, of loss of well-being. That, to me, is tragic. When we remain emotionally paralyzed, we do ourselves, those still in our lives, our communities and our world, a disservice. Through my life, I can pinpoint at least nine pain points where I experienced a feeling of loss. Many have to do with the death death. Due to illness, however not all, I have grieved lost opportunity, not knowing my father's family or having a relationship with them, lost time with my kids because in my previous business I was driven to prove something, as well as a loss of friendships and relationships. No matter how grief appears in your life, it's sure to make you feel as though you're no longer in control. You may become aware of your own mortality, which itself can cause self-reflection, When we self reflect, we often realize our shortcomings or focus on the negative. It is being faced with uncomfortable feelings that arise from grief that shake us. Often we just don't know what to do with those feelings. At least I know my mother didn't. As a result, neither did I. And so this dynamic played out for decades. Your grief story What is your grief story? If you haven't experienced the loss of a loved one, which I presume is why you picked up this book and decided to turn its pages, but rather experienced the loss of love, career, or even health, these are still losses that cause some level of grief. Have you considered all that has been handed your way in life that has caused you emotional pain in some way? What are those moments that have stuck with you, which have given you a lingering feeling of loss Maybe it wasn't what was, but what could have been. I don't think there is a person out there who hasn't experienced any form of grief. As a parent myself, I cannot even fathom the helplessness and hopelessness my dad must have felt and the thoughts that ran through his mind when he received his diagnosis. To know that you won't be around to watch your children grow, that you will never see... Your grandchildren, or witness your kids get married. All of the hopes and dreams of living a life, a full life with your spouse, are shattered in one sentence spoken by a doctor sitting across from you in a sterile, impersonal office. It's easy to think of my grief, but it deepens my sadness when I acknowledge what my father must have experienced. Sometimes just trying to place ourselves in the shoes of another changes our perspective. In my case, I am humbled when I think of the strength my father showed, showed all of us, the fight within him to hang on for just one more day, month, and ultimately two more years. My grief consumed me for many years. I will touch on certain aspects of what I mean as the chapters progress. For now, the first three chapters will focus on grief itself, from a spiritual perspective, the ways it can present itself in our lives, and a preface of getting it resolved. Before we move forward talking about a spiritual journey with grief in the excerpt of my book, I just want to share um, the sponsor of this week's episode, which is magic mind. And one of the ingredients in magic mind is cordyceps mushrooms, which is an adaptogen that reduces inflammation, strengthens your immune system and supports higher energy levels and physical endurance by ramping up the production of ATP in your mitochondria. However, it doesn't give you the jitters. It does this because there's very little caffeine in it. And you can take this alongside caffeine, but um, it does not cause jitters. And so it is a two-ounce shot that's filled with not only cordyceps mushrooms, but ashwagandha and bacoba manieri and matcha and lion's mane and all these other good ingredients that have been 10 years in the making, tested and researched and put into this little shot that actually tastes good. And just in January, they launched in sprouts markets across the country. And with my code, Grieving Voices, there is a limited 50%, 6% off your first subscription and so on top of that, you get another 20% off with my discount code, Grieving Voices. So if you'd like to give a subscription a try, or just try a pack and see how it works for you, go to magicmind.com slash voices and use the code Grieving Voices to receive 20% off. And it's just for my listeners. And again, I've been using this for several months now, and it really does help me get stuff done because I feel a sense of calm even if I feel overwhelmed by everything that I need to get accomplished in a day this stuff helps me just I don't know (laughs) it's it's these ingredients just help me calm my nervous system and get me into a state of focus and I think as grievers and you know, life throws challenges our way and, and, you know, curveballs and things like anything that can help support us, not only to get stuff done, but also our immune system, right? So that we can feel good too, and maintain our health and wellness. And so check it out. Grieving Voices is the coupon code magicmind.com slash grieving voices is the website. And I will put a link to that in the show notes. All right, let's get back to the excerpt from my book A Spiritual Journey with Grief. I think it is important I make it abundantly clear that I'm coming from a spiritual place in my heart. I do not wish to stuff my beliefs down your throat as much as I don't want judgment passed for feeling the way I do. All of us have a unique spiritual path we follow. Mine has certainly been full of twists and turns. Before my father's passing, we were a typical Lutheran family, attending church every Sunday as well as Sunday school. After my dad's death, however, all of that changed. We stopped going to church altogether. I did attend confirmation classes and was confirmed Lutheran. However, it would either have to be a funeral or a wedding for me to set foot in a church of any kind until I was 23, when my husband and I began a relationship. I was bitter for many years. Granted, I had a lot of years to be bitter. Fortunately, life worked out for me the way it did, as I prayed, received, and really, it's as simple as that. After many years of not having the ability to pray from the heart, life had finally handed me more grief than I could bear. Feeling tapped out emotionally and overwhelmed, I prayed because I simply did not know what else to do. The rest is history, so to speak. Everything changed moving forward. Before my husband came into my life as more than a friend, I was on a self-destructive path. I was becoming an expert at goodbyes, and I led a very narcissistic lifestyle. I don't know what my husband saw in me, honestly. At that point, we had known each other for seven years since we met in high school, but he was a far better human being than I was, bar none. It was one more experience with grief when I was 21 that was, in simple terms, the straw that broke the camel's back. A five-year relationship was over, as was the life I thought we were going to have. Later, this loss would prove to be a blessing in disguise, which, as my life illustrates, can be the case at times. Surely when it comes to relationship, you may relate as well. Sometimes we just don't understand what it is that is best for us. Our minds tell us one thing, while our hearts and intuition tell us another, we tend to choose the path of least resistance and pain. It's also difficult to discern the best decision when you are caught up in emotion. We tend to check rationality at the door when we have a grandiose view of ourselves, the world, and those we perch up on pedestals. My self-worth was non-existent. Thankfully, God showed me a better way. More on my spiritual journey with grief in detail in chapter 3, In the meantime, know that for me, a higher power seemed like a very out-of-reach concept for me. Acknowledgement of all that had gone wrong and all that had gone right. This was the first baby step on my journey to resolving my grief. Steps Towards Resolving Grief As I've previously mentioned, grief has many faces, I touched on a few ways I've experienced different forms of grief, different forms of it myself. For instance, losing my photography business after six years was one of the most difficult decisions I, had, I have made. I know how much of myself I poured into creating and maintaining my business all those years. The time, money, sweat equity, not to mention the sleep deprivation while raising three young children ages four and under at the time. It certainly was a labor of love. I grieved for months leading up to my decision, as I knew it was what needed to be done at that stage in my life. I continued to wallow in my sadness until I finally decided to make it official with the selling of most of my gear over a year later. I found the act of officially letting go the hardest part. Isn't that what grief ultimately causes us to do? Let go of what was and what will never be again? Isn't that, too, what grief itself is? The emotional reaction to loss or a change of any kind? We fight to hold on and we fight to let go. That is the dilemma of grief, isn't it? What I would like you to do is think of a moment in your life that caused you to have an emotional reaction to loss or a change of any kind. Close this book and reflect on the feelings that arise when your mind takes you back to a time such as this in your life. Go ahead, then open these pages again when ready. Now, if you want to feel more strongly the impact that loss or change had on you, grab a notebook, a writing utensil, and head to a quiet space, or do this exercise as soon as it is convenient. Set a timer for 30 minutes and just write. If you're stumped on where to begin, finish this sentence. The loss of blank made me feel as though blank. One thing to consider before doing this is to understand my intention, which is having you write out, possibly for the first time, your feelings surrounding the event that has shaken you to your core. When we release our feelings on paper, and I speak from personal experience, they tend to have less power over us, especially if we're in a place of not knowing who we can truly talk to. The act of writing our fears, worries, and emotional pain forces us to sit with those feelings and can be very therapeutic. I wholeheartedly believe that writing for our personal well-being is the cheapest therapy one can find but I know few, even in my own life, who practice this. How did that feel? Pretty raw, I imagine. It's painful to reflect on our pains, I get that. Truly, this is an exercise in acknowledgement. Taking inventory of the emotional baggage weighing us down day in and day out gives us a clearer picture of where we are emotionally right now. This inevitably aids you in figuring out where you would rather be. And that, my friends, concludes the excerpt from my book. And if you would like to read more or learn more, you can head to my website, theunleashedheart.com. There is a link to it in the show notes. And I'll also link to the book on Amazon there as well. And if you find, as you go through that little exercise towards the end of this episode, that you're not okay, which is okay, by the way. But if you're not okay, and you know you want to be, for the long term, there is support. And I hope that if this is your first time listening to my podcast, that maybe you're learning about what I can offer for the first time. And so there is a service that I offer. There's a program, it's called Do Grief Differently. We walk through two emotionally difficult challenging relationships of your life and it's a 12-week program and I tell you what you will learn more about yourself and about grief because it is as very much an educational program as it is a, a therapeutic one even though it's not therapy it's very therapeutic but I'm there with you guiding you and facilitating the deep work that so many people talk about like you just have to do the work this is the work um and just it's my job to create a safe space for you to to release and to let go and to move forward with a different perspective with new knowledge, new tools that you carry with you for the rest of your life. And so if that resonates with you, I encourage you to check out my website Uh, Again, the link will be in the show notes, and I'll also link to Do Grief Differently in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for your time and listening today. I hope this um, resonated with something in your heart and that that little exercise helped bring to light um, something that's lingering within you. That's just really wanting to come out and know that there is support. You're not alone, and there is hope. And remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.